Good afternoon and welcome to Sacred Reading at Brandon High School, season five, I think, of our podcast. We are reading We Are Not From Here and we're on our second episode and I'm so excited because I love this book even though it's already making me cry. With me today is Miss Mann. I'm an English teacher here. And today we want to talk about something on page 33. If you look in Pulga's section at the end of the incident with Don Felicio's store, Don Felicio's store, he says, all I know is we have to run hard and fast without looking back, away as quickly as possible, away so you're not a witness, so you're not part of any of it, so no one can ask you questions, so no one knows you were there. We run, it's the way you learn to live around here. So my question to you is this, first, would you like to do Lectio Divina, where we look at um, what's literally going on right there in the book, what this is like in the news or other texts, what it feels like to us, and then maybe what we feel called to do, or would we like to dig in and ask questions about that part and try to come up with an answer together? Let's do Lectio. Okay, so step one is literal. What's going on at this point in the text? And I know that this is right after Chico and Pulga have been in the back in Don Felicio's store and someone came in and tried to get money from Don Felicio because he said he would have the money soon. And when Don Felicio didn't have the money, whoever the men were shot him. Uh, After the men left, we know that Pulga came out and Don Felicio was gurgling and bleeding and dying. And Pulga told him, don't worry, you'll see your son again soon and your wife is here and all of that. And And everything will be fine. Yes, and gave him that moment of peace, hopefully. And then he grabs Chico and says, we have to run. So that's literally what's going on here. Allegorically, how do we see something like this fast decision and and running from this in other texts or in the news? It strikes me as a lot of kind of even what we've seen with the pandemic, where it isn't so much that we had to run, but you just have to keep going. You just have to keep your head down. This is how things are now. We're just going to keep moving forward until we can be safe. There's so much death and so many people that die, but we don't even have time to really deal with it or mourn them. We just have to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think we see that in our students this year. Yeah. And I think, you know, for a while they were telling us how many people had died in the pandemic. We got those notifications over and over again, and now we very rarely get them. And sometimes I see it and it's like this astronomical number, number and, and there's not even a moment to digest it. No. It also kind of reminds me of In the Hate You Give, which we did in season one of this. Um, Star doesn't initially tell people that she was the witness and was the other person in the car when her friend got shot. It takes a while for her to step up and say that because at first, you know, at school, she doesn't want to be known as somebody who was in the car with somebody who was shot. And at home, she doesn't... In, in both worlds, she doesn't want people to think of her only in those terms. And so she doesn't say that she was the one there. And she doesn't necessarily want to be the witness. She doesn't want to talk to just any cop. She only wants to talk to 
her uncle. Yeah. So I see that decision in her as well. Mm -hmm. And that, too, in our students where they're like, oh, snitches get stitches. (laughs) Yeah, as we talk about it personally, (laughs) I definitely know students who know about crimes and don't talk about them. I, I know that that happens to our kids because they don't want to get involved. Mm-hmm. Well, and that reminds me of uh, my first year of teaching, actually. I taught in an inner city middle school in Houston. And there was this um, boy in my class, the sweetest, most polite, just this wonderful, intelligent kid. And we had four or five different gangs that were in our school, and um, the uh, law enforcement and whatnot would actually kind of broker gang truces in huh. our space. Well, the student of mine was called for one of those, and I was just stunned. I mean, I come from cow country in Michigan, you know, like this was so far outside <laughs> my realm of experience. And so when he came back, you know, probably pretty rudely, you know, to have said that to him. But I said, you know, why are you a part of this? You know, why why don't you just, you know, report that this is going on and, and you know, move on with your life? He said, Miss, you don't understand. In my neighborhood, this is the way that it is. You get jumped in or you watch your mother and your sister get beaten up every day. He's like, it was easy for me to take one beating and try to stay out of as much trouble as I can than to watch my mom and my sister. And that was life-changing for me. Like, that just blew my mind. What so many people around us have to deal with. And And, I mean a 12-year-old. A 12-year-old. It's like, I think I have problems. (laughs) And then I see the problems of those around me. You know, my first year teaching here... In Portable 89, (laughs) before the 800 building existed. I assigned kids tasks because it's what I was taught to do. And I, while I was learning names, I called everybody ma'am and sir. And I I thought I would be a teacher who did journals. And they wrote in their journals based on a prompt every day. And then they starred one entry a week. And that was the one that I would read and respond to. And that meant I was reading 150 journal entries every weekend, and that didn't last very long. But (laughs) I had this one kid who, like, passed all the papers out and collected them for me. And, uh, you know, I called him sir at the beginning of the year, and he offered to do this job, and he was polite, and he was polite to everybody in class. And I thought he was a really nice kid. And the journal entry that he starred for me to read was the one that said that he was on trial for attempted murder. But, miss, I was just holding that knife for somebody else. Yes, it was in my sock drawer, but it was not mine. I was holding it to keep somebody else out of trouble. And I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. I didn't know if he was trying to tell me he wasn't guilty but really was or if he was telling me so that I didn't think less of him if he got arrested out of my class or I or what situation is that that you think it's a better idea to take like a bloody knife from somebody and put it in your sock drawer because you didn't do it but you don't want what's going to come to you if you say no to that I, I didn't know what to do with that yeah <laughs> and to think that our students who, I mean, yeah, some of them are 18 and 19, but they are still 
Oh, he was a freshman. Yeah. Oh, so he really... He was 14. A kid. Yeah. Like, and have to make those decisions? I, yeah. I, it's, sometimes I wish we gave a little more grace. Yeah. This job teaches me empathy. Yes. And I think that's what I'm called to here, too, is, like, Pulga gives everything he can to Don Felici in this moment. And tries to be compassionate and be there for him while he's dying, no matter what it does to Pulga, to watch this happen. And to know that those people still might come back while they're there, yeah. holding that space for him as yeah. he dies. And then he runs. And he has to make that decision. And later he says something like, well, because the cops don't come around because we all know who they work for anyway. Mm-hmm. And to be put in that position, I just think that a kid who's sitting in your class with their head down asleep probably isn't just doing it because they're mad at you or the kid who acts out to get your, like I don't so much more. I think that none of this is about me. It teaches me humility and empathy that none of the behavior I see around me is about me and all of it needs me to be kind. And all of these kids need me to be kind to them because they are kids and they're dealing with things that I never had to go through. And God, I wish they didn't have to go through it. Yes. Yes. Do you feel called to anything more? (laughs) I think that that sentiment is part of why I stay teaching the particular audience of students Mm -hmm. that I teach because I, I feel that Sometimes they don't get a lot of grace and a lot of understanding. And people don't see that sometimes that our students really are just surviving. Mm-hmm. And, and they need some place that they can run to, mm-hmm. even if it isn't always doing my grammar activity mm-hmm. for the day. They just yeah. need a space. Yeah, they might not be checking out books in the library, but they need to be there because yes. it's a better place. Well, the library was my safe space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I want to know what you guys think, too. I've opened a discussion board on Canvas. You can log into the Media Center Canvas page and click Discussions, or you can click on One Book, One School, and there's a link to Discussions in there as well. I put up this quote, and I want to know, like, what would you do if you were Pulga? Would Would you run, or would you tell? Would you try to get justice? For Don Felicia? Or would you put your head down and and keep going and try to make sure that you were okay? And how do we fix it? And can you fix it? Or can one person not? And I I don't know the answer to that. And I don't know that there's a right or a wrong answer. But I'd love to hear what you guys say. So tell us in the discussion board. And if you want to be part of the podcast, tell me you want to do that. There's a button for it in the Canvas page. And if you um, want to send in your thoughts, but maybe not be actively on the podcast, you can either record a little voice memo on your phone and send it as a Canvas message to me, or you can type out what you're thinking and send it to me. All of those buttons are in the One Book, One School section page on canvas 
and I will either read in your thoughts or play the audio message you send me on a future episode. And I look forward to hearing from you guys, and I hope I don't cry too much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.